0: rick williams is a middle georgia native who grew up in gordon and graduated from baldwin high school he is the co-owner funeral director and certified crematory operator at williams funeral home williams has represented the 145th georgia house district since 2017 state representative rick williams thank you for joining me on wrgc 88.3 fm
1: Thank you, Daniel. Always good to be with you. Thank you very much for the
0: opportunity. It's a pleasure to host you again. Uh, We'll start off with, uh, I think, the basic question, uh, of course, and that is, uh, why are you asking voters to elect you to represent the 25th District in the Georgia State Senate?
1: Thank you. Uh, The reason I am asking the voters to elect me is because I have the time, I have the dedication, And I have the determination to represent them in Atlanta. You know, as I have learned from being a state representative for three terms now, a lot of it is constituent services is taking care of the people who have issues and problems with state agencies. And this is something that I enjoy helping people and solving problems. And uh, I've, just uh, had a number of issues that I've helped tackle with people here in middle Georgia and uh, in this district. And even some in the other districts have reached out to me and um, you know, we, we all go through life and we all face certain issues and time to time there's a uh, problem with some state agency, whether it be licensing or uh, some other state agency, unemployment, or things like that. And um, people reach out to me, and I get the right person to get them in touch with to solve their issue and help them with their problem. And uh, uh, I just have a desire in my
0: heart to help people, and uh, I enjoy doing that. In, I, I don't want to use this next question for a, a very in-depth dive into any specific pieces of legislation, uh, but just more uh, of a general thought about how you'd like to uh, use your tenure in the Senate. Uh, so, uh, again, without going any into any detail about potential legislation you'd like to file, can you identify three issues you'd like to focus most on during your tenure in the Georgia State Senate and why is each of these issues a priority of yours? The main issue is safety and
1: security for our people here in Georgia. We have seen issues attacking People here in our district whether it be from crime or other people taking advantage of people here in middle Georgia and that's the main thing is supporting our law enforcement and as they tackle the increasing amount of crime and violence here in middle Georgia uh, we've seen it all and every time we turn on the TV we hear of someone being shot people being killed people being murdered, uh, people breaking into people's homes and the home invasions. And um, so, you know, that's the main thing is security. Next thing is jobs, job security also. You know, um, back six years ago when I ran uh, the first time, The issue is jobs. We need to create jobs here in middle Georgia. But what we have right now is record low unemployment of 2.9%. And as you ride through Milledgeville, Edenton, Monticello, Jackson, any of these areas that is covered in this 25th Senate district, you see signs everywhere. We're hiring. We're hiring. Apply today start work today so you know we've we've got the jobs out there now we've just got to find people to fill the jobs affordable housing this is something that you know we look at what people are making an hour now and a lot of people are being paid 15 dollars an hour at different jobs and but they're still having a hard time finding affordable housing So this is something else that we've got to work on. Uh, So, you know, these are areas and issues and they're obstacles that are in people's way. And we've got to work on these things. Health care is another thing that we've got to continue to work on is supporting the hospitals in our area uh, to help them survive and to attract doctors, and to get more nurses trained because of the shortage of doctors and nurses uh, to make sure we have adequate health care.
0: What is the biggest challenge to providing our children with the education they'll need to lead fulfilling lives and to be competitive in the 21st century economy?
1: I think you're gonna see some legislation coming forth similar to what was passed in Florida. It's gonna be requiring some of the teachers to focus on teaching these young adults or these students in schools how to balance a checkbook, how to handle personal finance, what it actually means to get a job and to apply for loans and mortgages you know it's kind of gotten away from life skills and so some of these students that have graduated from school uh, all they've ever used is plastic and someone else paid the bill they don't have a clue on how to balance a checkbook or where to make a deposit or even how to deal with the bank as far as securing loans. So, you know, we, we've got to continue forward in different ways of educating our students. You know, we fully funded uh, K through 12 again. Uh, so we're, we're going to continue working on the educating our young people and, and getting them ready for life's experiences.
0: What are your ideas for improving specifically rural Georgians' access to effective health care? Well, we've met with
1: the dean of medical school over at Mercer and Macon, Dr. Sumner, and through my position on the Georgia Rural Development Commission and listened to her presentation on attracting more people to medical school who were unable to financially afford it in the past, and through scholarships and through work payback programs so that they could actually go through medical school. And then in exchange, they work in rural Georgia for a number of years uh, to pay back that uh, scholarship fund. So you know there's more innovative ways that we're looking at doing things, and also in you know as far as nursing programs, expanding nursing programs at our local colleges uh, because the nursing programs are very important a lot of times nurses are the first ones on the scene to handle illness and injuries before the doctor arrives and to have more nurses out there, and whether they wind up being physician's assistants or, or whatever their level of education, that they can help the doctors bring a better level of health care to our people.
0: The announcement of a new manufacturing facility to produce Rivian electric vehicles has exposed a tension between economic development and residents' desire to protect their community's sense of place. How will you balance the interests of constituents living in the 25th Senatorial District in the business interests that would like to move to and or expand their enterprise within our community?
1: You know, the Rivian deal is very interesting. I understand that a lot of behind-the-scenes um, meetings took place to attract Rivian to middle Georgia. Uh, you know, their talk of um, expanding to approximately 7,750 well-paying jobs, you know, I don't know where they're going to get the people, first of all, to fill these jobs. You know, with our unemployment rate here in Georgia two point nine percent and other people uh businesses unable to attract people to come to work you know I think that's going to be a challenge and I realize that by the time they go through the process and get this plant built that it's going to be a couple of years several years down the road uh, I realize that um, the move and the push is for electric automobiles, but I just don't see that taking place for a number of years down the road. My Just my personal experience of uh, having to, to deal with those uh, automobiles. And there's so many other issues, such as charging stations. Where are they going to be? Who's going to be charging for electricity to charge those vehicles? So, You know, it's not going to be the gas stations uh, beside the road and the convenience stores. Already convenience stores are trying to figure out a way how do we sell electricity to the people who are driving these electric automobiles. So, you know, there's so many other factors involved in this, but there again, I'm going to make sure that we hold EPD's feet to the fire to make sure that the environmental impact, whether it be aquifers or runoff or whatever, from building of these plants, that they do not harm our environment and make sure that we have clean water and our environment is not contaminated from these things.
0: Mm -hmm. And I just want to follow up on that a little uh, bit um, or to go back to a point you made uh- Earlier on in your response to that, um, that idea—either perception or reality, uh, most likely a little bit of both—that uh, behind-the-scenes meetings were taking place in the constituency uh, of the area surrounding the proposed Rivian facility. Uh, those constituents were not aware of those negotiations going on, and were their interests were not uh, uh, added into the equation uh, when bringing that uh, facility uh, uh, to. To that community, uh, how will you work to make sure that um, uh, there is, should our community uh, get the opportunity uh, for this kind of grand scale economic development, or even a smaller one, uh, that um, uh, constituents' voices are uh, in the mix when these negotiations are are playing out?
1: Well, I think first of all that a lot of the development authorities need to have more input from local people, from the local constituency as to their involvement and how they're going to be affected by development, such as these uh, type of plants and this type of industry. I realize, of course, that a lot of times that you have competing areas uh, competing to get an industry to their Area, so because of it being, you know, some secrecy involved, because it's much like sealed bids. What will you do to bring this to your location? Uh, I understand it. uh, Everything can't always be on the front page of the newspaper or on on the local radio. That there's some behind the scenes. Uh, negotiations done to attract industry or businesses to an area. Uh, You know, whether it be a shopping mall, whether it be a factory of some manufacturing, um, each community pretty much has a development authority and they're all competing with each other to attract industry and jobs to their area. So, you know, it's a fine line, there's a fine balance there as to what the public can know and how they can know before the ink has dried on contracts. You know, I was attending Putnam County's uh, meeting just the other night, and uh, people were concerned about zoning issues around Lake Oconee and the zoning uh, being changed to allow different businesses. And I heard one of the county commissioners talk about how businesses have popped up and grown on Highway 44. And because of sales tax revenue, that they're writing Putnam County a check and giving them sales tax revenue every month, every quarter. But there's, it's not really costing Putnam County anything uh, for those businesses to come there and thrive. So, you know, you've got different kinds of impact and different kinds of businesses, and this is what we've got to grow smarter. Uh, I have continued to work on traffic signal in Baldwin County at the Millageville Mall. Uh, and I've spoken with DOT uh, just every so often about this issue. We now have the plans. They have been drawn. That is on Georgia DOT's radar. That is something that is going to be coming, uh, hopefully, in the nearer future rather than in the distant future because of the safety issue that we have there. So, you know, it just takes time, and whenever you're putting a traffic signal on a federal highway, then you have more laws and more hoops to jump through. So, you know, there's so many issues and so many things that we're dealing with. Just this past session, there were over 4,000 bills introduced in the state house. You know, time to time, someone will walk up to me and ask me, Representative Williams, what did you think about House Bill 1032? And I'll have to ask them, what was 1032? You know, I can remember the issue better than I can remember the number. So, uh, you know, we have so much legislation to read through and to stay abreast of. So, you know, it's, uh it's, it's the dedication, and I've enjoyed it very much.
0: Well, and to digress from my plan of action, I mean that does beg a question. Do you feel it is time to uh, reconsider the concept of Georgia's legislature being part time?
1: No, I don't think so. I think with it being part time, we're able to get things done, and you know, our session is forty days. And actually, we could probably get things done quicker if we could start actually doing things sooner. But then you start toward the end of committee meetings and subcommittee meetings and refining legislation. That is a process. But, um, you know, I've I've, there was one uh, Senator Tippins. Lindsay Tippins had actually introduced a bill to increase it from two years to four years. I would very much be in favor of that because we're constantly running and holding elections every two years. And the elections are very, very expensive. Campaigning is very expensive. So, you know, I would, I would like to see that come to a four year term. And I think the, people of georgia would appreciate that uh i've had so many people ask me time after time my word y'all are running continuously you're running continuously and yes we are but you know with uh, a four-year term it would be a little breather that you could actually concentrate on some of the legislation and some of those things rather than just campaigning and trying to get elected
0: America is as polarized as it has ever been, and faith in our institutions is notably low. How will you work to help restore faith in this representative democracy?
1: Well, one thing I have always enjoyed is being in our district, that I have friends that we discuss issues And we talk about problems, and it doesn't matter if you have an R in front of your name or a D in front of your name. A lot of the issues that we face are nonpartisan or they're bipartisan. It affects all of us, not just one segment. But I understand and I realize that there are factions that continue to try to drive us apart. And I think a lot of us now realize that we've got to come together, and it's not Republican or Democrat as much as it is the right thing to do. Does it make sense? Can we afford it? Do we need it? And so this is issues that we will continue to work on. You know, health care is a big thing, and it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, We all need and rely on great health care, and we need better health care, and we will continue working together to increase the level of care that is provided to our citizens here in Georgia.
0: Who is an American, living or dead, famous or not, who inspires you? And why
1: one of the first that I would think about would be John F. Kennedy and his quote, uh, not look at the democratic thing to do or the Republican thing to do, but the right thing to do. And you know, he, he was looking at things a different way and for the good of the country. And then I think of Ronald Reagan and his ideals and, you know, there's been so many great presidents, but then I look at our local people. We've had so many local people that I hesitate to name them, but that really worked hard for our area, for our state and gave of themselves and you know, the only thing that I desire in my heart is to make a difference and to make things better for people and for our constituency. And it's not about me. It's about us, us meaning all of us here in the great state of Georgia. You know, continuing to make Georgia uh, be the best place to do business, and to continue to have a strong economy, and to continue to have a better way of life here for our citizens of the great state of Georgia. So, you know, there's so many people that I can think of and. You know, my grandparents were sharecroppers on both sides, my father's side and my mother's side. And I look at where we've come from from those days and, you know, how they worked and what sacrifices they made. And I think of our parents, not just mine, but all generations' parents and the greater, greatest generation of all that's during World War II and uh, there's so much that we have to be thankful for. A lot of times we think of the problems that we are facing, and sometimes it's a personal problem, and uh, we don't think of the blessings that we have, and uh, we continue to thank God for these blessings, and continue to work hard to make Georgia and America a better place to live.
0: And so those are the questions I have. I, of course, just want to reserve uh, this last uh, few moments uh, for you uh, to speak directly to our radio audience and, and answer the question, uh, why should our radio audience vote for you?
1: Well, thank you, Daniel. What I have done for six years, for well, my six sessions i have um, taken what takes most of my salary to rent an apartment to stay in atlanta during the week while we're in session so i actually rent an apartment for three months and it takes three-fourths of my salary that i make from being a representative um i do that so that i can attend committee meetings so that I can be there at the Capitol uh, at 6 o'clock in the morning. And sometimes I wouldn't leave till 6 or 7 at night, reading bills, uh, committee meetings, and the dedication that I have and uh, the desire, not for me, uh, but the desire I have to work hard for the people of Georgia and for my district. I just humbly ask for everyone's thoughts, prayers, and support uh, as we continue going on into the election coming up on May the 24th, uh, 2022. So, again, I humbly ask for your support, your prayers, and uh, everyone has my cell number. Everyone knows how to reach me, and I'll continue to work hard for you uh, seven days a week, uh, I'm available and I work hard and I'll be there for you. Thank you very much for the your consideration and thank you very much for allowing me this time to talk with you.
0: Rick Williams, a candidate for the Republican nomination for the S- Georgia State Senate District twenty five. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me and our radio audience on WRGC ADM with three FM.